Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I just greet all the soldiers of the cross in Jesus' name? Amen. And thank you for those of you soldiers who have come for training. Because it's, it's, it would be a sad day when soldiers don't go for training. Because it doesn't stop the enemy from attacking. Isn't it? So the enemy doesn't mind whether you are trained, you are prepared or not. The enemy attacks. So it means you do well to expose yourself to training. Sometimes it means you've got to, for, to, to forsake some of the other things for the sake of training. Because you are serious about your life. So what I want us to share together today is something that's very close to my heart. And I believe you will learn as God is keeping on training us. In the month of June, we learned how to study the word of God, how to study the Bible, how to listen to God, and how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in what we do. And then in the month of August, we focused on prayer so that we may understand that we need to pray like people who are skilled, people who know how to pray in a way that we know that God hears us, he listens to our prayers and he answers our prayers. So today I want us to start with something uh, in another light, but it's something that's very close to my heart. Have you noticed the enemy is tormenting people seriously through sickness in the days we're living in? It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter your position. It doesn't matter whether you are a Christian or not. The enemy is out there to kill, to steal, and to destroy. The enemy is out there to inflict pain on people. Now, if you are not trained, the enemy will keep on doing what he wants to do in your life. It's not that God doesn't care. It's not that God is not there. God cares, God is there, but he has given us the authority. He has given us, he has even exposed us to his truth. That's why I'm very much excited about what we're going to be starting today. Because you will know how to put the enemy under your feet. You will know how to live in divine health. In the very world where people are saying you never know, you can say I know. Because Jesus has taken my, away my sins, but when he was on the cross, it was not only for my sins, he also took the penalty for my sickness. So this body of mine is the temple of the Holy Ghost, it is not the temple of sicknesses. So today I want us to start a subject that God is committed to healing you. Amen. It's not as if we have to convince him. It's not as if God, but we see people dying, we see people sick all over. God, what are you saying about this? God has already said something about it and has already done something about it. Now it's for you and I to receive that. And we live in that. And the first part is for you receiving it for yourself first before you can save others. So when you are a soldier, make sure you are safe first. Because if you are dead, you can't protect others. Amen. So you need to first understand this and grasp this which God has said. Then once you are well equipped and you know how to put the enemy under your feet, including sickness and any kind of disease, then 
you can also now start helping others. Amen. But you can only help others if you know God. If you know what God has said. The problem in the days we're living in, people are hearing a lot of things about what people are saying more than what God is saying. If you just open the, the, the uh, social media, whether it's your television, your newspapers, whatever, you will hear a lot of things about corona than you will ever hear about what God does. Okay? So the enemy is actually manipulating that space. He tells you the problem, but he doesn't tell you the solution. So he tells you the problem to intimidate you. That's his trick. That's what Goliath did when he was facing the Israelites. He came there, he paraded there, he, he made them afraid. So if the enemy can make you afraid and you are scared, he's got you. So rather, listen more to God and hear what God says. As for me, I'm not afraid of the enemy because I know how to apply God's word and have him under my feet. I know that any disease, no disease has got uh, authority over my life because I'm redeemed and I'm a child of God. So I need to exercise that authority. And the good thing with the subject that we're talking about today, it's not even, unlike you see with prayer, when we were sharing about prayer, some of you were saying, but I'm not a prayer warrior. But I'm not this. I don't have to really, I'm not really a Bible scholar. I don't have to know much about this. But as it comes to healing, I think you better know your facts. Amen. Bible says, better a living dog than a dead lion. So if we do not allow God to equip us, if we do not, when it's time for training, you do not expose yourself to training. When the enemy comes, he doesn't mind whether you were trained or not. He attacks. So as a starting point, you can see that I'm very much passionate about this because I go around, I see people seriously tormented by sickness. Sickness, you can see, it's from the enemy. It's terrible. If you've ever been sick, you also know how terrible it is. So that's why we need God to equip us so that then we will not be afraid of the enemy. And when you say Satan is under my feet, may it be Satan and all his equipments, including sickness. Let it not just be a talk, let it not just be a song, but let it be that indeed I know how to live in good health. So that's why we're saying God is committed to healing us. And the good thing I like is that when Jesus was on the cross, in Isaiah it says he was wounded for our transgressions, in other words for our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. So it means he did not only solve a sin problem on the cross, he also solved a sickness problem on the cross. Okay? It's very easy for most Christians to believe that your sins are forgiven, but it's difficult for you to believe that you are healed. So if it's not true that you are healed, then it's not true that your sins are forgiven. Because the same work on Calvary is the same thing. So you can't believe he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, but then we are not healed by his stripes. 
It's not, you can't do that. It's one package. Okay? So I want us to go together to the book of Matthew chapter 9. Let's start it there. You've got notes. I think we've sent you notes. Those of you who registered on time, Mr. Sadiq would have sent you notes. But we're going to put all our notes on our website, including the ones from July about studying the Bible in uh, August about prayer. And this one also. Because you need to keep on revising this for your own sake. Like I said, if you are a soldier, you need to come for training. Firstly, make sure you are safe yourself before you can protect others. And then once you are safe and protected, then you can reach out to protect others. So I said, the devil is out there to torment people. And one of the weapons that he trusts more than any other is sickness. If you look at how many people get inflicted by sickness, actually, we, I may bet you, in our own lives, you find that each one of us has had an opportunity to be sick. Which means, that's one, you see, if it's the devil, the devil would be saying, that's my number one weapon. So if we can know how to handle that, then you are free. Amen? And you no longer say, it's all up to God. God has already done what needs to be done. The cross of Calvary, Jesus has already died. He's already paid. And he's already told us about it. The problem is, if you do not know your constitution, you know that many people in South Africa, they talk about a lot about their constitutional right. Why don't you talk about your biblical rights? You tell the devil, it's my biblical right to be healed. It's my blood covenant right to walk in divine health. And then you stick your ground. But you can only do that if you are equipped. So Matthew 9, 35 and 36 NIV it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. I want you to start there and understand this. If sickness is a friend, then Jesus should not heal it. Some of you are nursing sickness as if sickness is a friend. Sickness will kill you. So Jesus went about preaching the good news. We need to continue preaching the good news. But parallel to that, we need to make sure that people are healed. You get that? And it's healing not some of the diseases. Healing what? Every disease and sickness. So it doesn't matter what sickness you're suffering from, Jesus can heal you. You just need to know how. Then verse 36. When he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see how God feels, how Jesus feels when people are harassed? He's not happy. It is only your enemy, the devil, who is happy when you are tormented, when you are sick, when you are in pain. God wants you well. He wants to use your body as his temple. Then he wants, he wants me well so that I can preach to you today. Because I couldn't preach to you if I was sick and bedridden. Isn't it? So you need to say, Lord, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you need this body to serve you. And this body needs to be healed. So here it says, because they were harassed and 
helpless. So people are harassed and helpless. And starting with us, we need to make sure that we understand God so that we will not be harassed and helpless. And once now we understand how God works, we'll also know how to go about and help others. Look at this, Acts 10.38. Look at what Jesus does. So after you know that you are safe, you are fine as a soldier, you also need to go out there and set other people free. Acts 10.38, New King James Version. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing. <laughs> you, you heard the first one. It says he went about preaching the good news and healing. So it seems you cannot separate Jesus from healing. Okay? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. This is just to help some of you who says, maybe this sickness on me is God trying to teach me something. It says, sickness is an oppression from the enemy. Okay? But Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And Jesus was not just healing us as if healing is infection. You know, sometimes we'll say it's a move or it's a, yeah, as if it's for a particular period. Healing has been there from the beginning, even in the Old Testament, New Testament, and all through our age. Amen. Because we need healthy bodies. We need to be well. If it's not for you, it's for your loved ones. But you need to first master it for yourself so that you can do it for your loved ones. That's why I want us to look at the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26 in EXB, expanded version of the Bible. Because now I want to draw it close to what you people understand better. When we talk healing, usually you will understand medical science or you would understand sangomas inyangas, isn't it? As Africans, we understand that, that space better. But can I tell you there is another power that is far superior than those powers? Okay? Now, if you can tap into that, you've got your life made. Amen? Because now you go to the most high. You don't go to all these others. It's almost like going to the constitutional court. So if my case is sorted there, I don't mind what the lower courts are saying. I don't mind what the witches and wizards are saying when they want to bewitch you. You've already gone to the constitutional court and the matter is settled. I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. That's how you need to understand this. Look at this. Exodus 15:26 EXB. He said, you must obey or listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do what he says is right, is right in his sight and his eyes. You see, it's good to do what is right in the sight of the Lord, because sometimes if you don't walk right before God, you are going to disqualify yourself. When the enemy throws sickness on you and now you pray, even when God wants to heal you, the enemy now says, but this one is disobeying everything you say. If you obey all his commands, his statutes, his ordinances, his requirements, and keep his rules, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord who heals you. The reason why I wanted it in the EXB, in brackets it says, 
Do you guys have it there? EXB. You don't have EXB. Expanded version of the Bible is there in Bible Gateway. So EXB in brackets it says your physician. In other words, if we say I am the Lord who heals you, it doesn't sound like I'm the Lord your doctor. Amen. Because we usually understand each of you will say, I've got my doctor. You know, my doctor told me I mustn't uh, drink sugar. My doctor told me, my doctor told me. So you can also say, my doctor told me. Talking about the Lord. Amen. And he told us. And the good thing with God being my physician, the Lord himself being my healer, he is the one who created this body, so he surely knows how to fix it. Isn't it? Isn't it that some of you, if you buy a car, let's take a well-known brand, Toyota. If your car is giving you problem, being a Toyota, you can take it to mechanics who are your friends. And some, sometimes they will fix it and it will be fine, isn't it? Even though they are not authorized dealers. But when your car is stuck and they don't, you don't know what to do, they will tell you, where should you take it to? To Toyota, because they are the manufacturers. Amen. So, if my body, if sickness comes to me, people may say, but this is impossible, this is incurable. It's because they don't have my computer. <laughs> they are not man man manufacturers. That's why they get stuck. So, that's why we have to start learning to know God as our healer. To know Jesus as my healer. Because he himself claimed to be my healer. I did not convince him to be my healer. He decided, I am the Lord, your healer. And he even makes it his name. He's called Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord, your healer. So he himself decided that he wants to be my healer. And I'm saying, thank you, Father. Amen. And the good thing with this one is it doesn't charge me. The good thing with, that one, with this one is that there is no disease that's said to be incurable in him. You get that? Are you starting to get excited like me? Are you starting to see? You see, it's all in your mind. If you start understanding and you are renewed, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will start understanding that God is our healer. And he wants us to be well. He wants us to walk in divine health. So as I'm saying this, I'm just stirring you. You see, when, when the word is going like this and is stirring you, your heart is starting to absorb this and you're starting to see this, you're starting to see this, you're starting to feel even that sickness that I thought was impossible to heal. It's because I was looking at it from the perspective of none of unauthorized dealers. My dealer is Jehovah. The one who created this body. He knows how to fix it. I always take this thing that if God could raise the body of Lazarus, which was stinking and dead for days, he surely can fix anything in my body. I'm not dead. I'm not even stinking. So he can sort me out. It is the same God who did that. And he wants to do it for us. It's just up to us to know whether do we believe this. Jesus wants us somebody. Do you believe I can do this? Because the limitation is not that God can't do it. 
The limitation is whether do you believe it. It's you. Do you know that? Do you believe that I can do this? Exodus 23, 25 and 26, we do it in the New King James Version. I just want to share with you some of this and then we are going to, I'm going after this to give you a chance. We'll take one example in the Bible and then we'll learn more about healing. But this is one of the subjects that's very close to my heart and I believe that you as my children in the Lord, I wouldn't want any of you to die young. I wouldn't want any of you to be robbed of your life by sickness. So that's why the Lord is training us. But the only way we can help you, I don't have any other magic to help you with. The only way we can help you is to tell you what the healer says. And once your faith is stirred up, then you are trained. You can talk like David and say, the Lord trains my hands for battle. I know how to stand and be healed. It's not that the enemy will not continue to inflict people with sickness. He will keep on doing that. That's his job. And he's got to do it. By the way, there are some people who only get close to God when they're in trouble. So sometimes it also helps. Isn't it? Yeah. You see, that's, that's the folly of the devil, by the way. Sometimes he puts you in trouble. And all of a sudden, now you start remembering God. He didn't put you in trouble to think that he will remember God. He was putting you in trouble because he likes it when you are in pain, when you are suffering. But there are people who only draw close to God when they are in pain. Then at least it's, it's helping. Because now at least you get close to God. Isn't it? But I don't want to get close to God that way. I don't want to get close to God like the children of Israel who every time when God is good to them, then they forget him. Only when they go to captivity, then they remember him. That's what some of the Christians do, even in the days we're living in. You find that only when you are in trouble, now all of a sudden you pray a lot. All of a sudden you no longer miss church. All of a sudden you are faithful with your tithes and your offerings because you are in trouble. That's not a good way to live. Make sure that even when things are going well with you, you continue to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Do you get that? Don't wait for troubles for you to get close to God. I don't need that. Amen. Exodus 23, 25, and 26, New King James Version. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I'll fulfill the number of your days. So if I'm hearing what God is saying, he says you, he wants to take sickness away from me. And that's the report I want to believe. I don't want to believe any other report that says your disease is incurable, this is proven, and you only have this amount of months to live. That's one report. I don't want that. I want this one. I want the one that gives me hope. I want the one from my manufacturer. I want the one from my creator. Because that's probably the right report. Because he knows me. Because he created me. Amen. And here, this one even inserts, no one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. Okay. So there's also challenges with miscarriage or barrenness and that. Again, even there I can say, but it seems like, according to this, 
This is again my other right, which I can even defend in the constitutional court. By the way, in our constitutional court in the spiritual realm, when things are opened, this is the constitution. So if it's in the constitution, that's yours until such time that the constitution is amended. Amen. So as long as this is not amended, it's mine. Amen. And it only becomes yours when you know it and when you have grasped it. Do you know that even though some things are your constitutional right, if you don't know your constitutional rights, people will still rob you of your rights? Yeah. So similarly, even in the spiritual realm, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know who your God is. And you need to know what are your rights in the Lord. Another one, Deuteronomy 7.15, ERV. Deuteronomy 7.15, ERV. It says, the Lord will take away all sickness from you. I like that. I like it when he takes it, he doesn't take some sicknesses. So then, it, it makes sure that anybody who tells me for this one it's not curable, that one, then I know you are unauthorized dealers. That's why you talk like that. I know you are not manufacturers. My manufacturer says he takes away all sickness from you and he will not let you catch any of the terrible diseases that you had in Egypt. Why I like it in this translation, it makes me think. It seems some, there are some diseases, some terrible diseases, but this is me, this is not the Bible, okay? When it's me, I say it's me, like Paul. Sometimes I think guys who, let's say people who drink themselves to death and people who smoke a lot, sometimes I feel like, but why should the body of somebody who doesn't even drink, who, sh- who doesn't even smoke like that, why should it be the one that's suffering? Maybe that's the body to suffer. I said, that's not the Bible, it's me. <laughs> so here he says, I will not let you catch any of the terrible diseases that you had in Egypt as if it's fine when you are in Egypt, it's fine for you to catch some of those. It sounds like that. I'm saying it's me. Okay? But for you who have a covenant with God, don't catch that. So that's why I even like this verse, this translation, because when it t- talks about not letting you catch, it's because some of you like catching flu. I don't catch flu, I catch the word. When you are busy catching flu, I'm busy catching the word. Then we see who will come out better at the end. Catch your flus. That's why I don't even catch coronavirus. I catch the weight. So I rather spend more time listening to my manufacturer, listening to my maker to tell me how to catch healing. When others are catching sickness, I must be catching healing. And can I salute all of you who are here today because you are here ready to catch healing. And the way to catch healing is faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you keep on hearing the word, your faith gets stirred up, you start catching healing. Okay? He says he will not allow you to catch that. But then, it doesn't mean that sickness is not there. We all know sickness is there, isn't it? We all know disease is there, isn't it? Even if it's not God's will that we should suffer with sickness, we live in a fallen world, okay? 
You can only talk about in the life to come where you say there will be no more sickness. But on this earth, there is still sickness, isn't it? It's just that you might say, not in my body. Then that you've got rights to do. Amen? But the devil still says, but my time, it's, it's, it's still my time. I, uh, I'm not yet bound for that millennium, those many, many years and thrown down. So I can still do what I need to do. So the devil still does, still goes out, kills, still and destroy. But Jesus says, but I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. So God still wants to do me good in the midst of all the attacks of the enemy. That's why I like this story in the book of Mark chapter 5. Verse 25 to 34 in the NLT. We are going to look at this woman, the woman with whom you call the woman with the issue of blood. I think we should, maybe as time goes on, we should start calling her the woman of faith. <laughs> because it's not good to be called the woman with the issue of blood. It's like saying the woman with cancer. That becomes your name. By the way, we don't know her name. All we know is the woman with the issue of blood. Isn't it? Defined by your sickness. Mm -mm. It ought not be so. Verse 25. Mark 5. I will do it in the NLT. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Okay? So the issue of blood is like it's uncontrolled bleeding. Usually for ladies, you know, you probably would see your periods for a particular period. Then you know it's time for your periods. Okay? So for this one, she was bleeding all the time for 12 years. Can you imagine what suffering she was, how, how much she was suffering? Chances are that she was even deserted by her family members. And during this time, if you had leprosy or you had the issue of blood, you were not allowed to be close to people. So you can see the state that she was in. And not only the physical pain and, and the suffering and the weakness that she was suffering, but also the emotional pain. But she was not seated, this woman. Look at verse 26. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over many years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten? Okay. It's in your Bible. But I'm only just taking you through it. So it says this woman was not seated. She was doing something. She was going to seek help. Okay? But unfortunately, then, to just show that limited, natural means are limited. Okay? So it says, she spent all she had. Unfortunately, you see, when you go to the doctor, or you, when you go, those of you who are still even in the world, you even go to Sangomas and Inyangas, you get charged whether you get healed or not. You don't say, treat me, and if I get healed, then I will pay. No. You pay even if you will die. That's how the system is, isn't it? Do you only pay after you get healed? Uh -uh. That's why this woman spent everything she had and did she get healed? She got worse. Okay? I'm stressing this because there are times sometimes people attack those of us who believe in Jehovah as our only healer. And they say, 
No, that one believed, but then he's getting worse. Even these ones who are believing in this, they're getting worse. So why, why do you want now to attack me for believing in Jehovah as my healer? Amen. But I like Jehovah because he's the most high. Verse 27. She had heard about Jesus. So she came out behind him through the crowd and touched his rope. For she thought to herself, other version says, for she said, I would like the one of saying, for she said, because you should speak. If I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Look at how determined she was. Huh? You see, this woman here doesn't say, I'm going to Jesus. If it's, if it's his will, I believe he will heal me. That's what some of you would have done. After the experience of 12 years, you would have started doubting whether indeed there's anything called healing. You would have said, it's all up to God. How often did you say that? It's all up to God. Can I tell you what is up to God? God has already done it. It's all up to you. It's almost like, you remember that man in the book of Mark chapter 9? The man whose son was tormented by devils. He brought his son to, to the disciples of Jesus and they, they couldn't cast out those demons. And when Jesus came, he said, Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples and they couldn't cure him. If you can do anything, have mercy on us and help us. Jesus said, how did he answer it? Verse 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So Jesus was saying, you're throwing it on me. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Bring him here. And then he healed him. So in essence, God has already done what needs to be done. That's why Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's all paid for in full. So, he said, if I touch his garment, I'll be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of a terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you say who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman trembling and, re and the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Again now like this in the NLT. Your suffering is over. You suffered for 12 years. It's enough. Amen. It's enough. Don't entertain any sickness as if it's my sickness. You say, oh, diabetes. You see, it's our sickness in our family. High blood pressure. It's our sickness in our family. You are redeemed. That's why now that you are born again, denounce that. And say, I've got another family. In our family of faith, we are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. But I like what this woman did. When she heard about Jesus and she determined in her heart, if I touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. She made effort. 
to get what she needs. Some of you are sick and you want us to heal you like we are magicians. No, we are not magicians. You've got to be determined and if it's time for the word, you've got to sit and we teach you the word and let your faith rise up and when your faith has risen up, then you can stand and things can happen. Amen. You need to do something. So she pushed. And I mean, if it was crowds, this woman was determined. I mean, I think the person was losing blood. Probably she was very weak, but she was strong enough to still push to say, if I can just touch his garment. That's why some of you say, if I can touch the hem of his garment. It's like any little part that I can reach, I know I will be made whole. I don't even have to first agree with Jesus whether he wants to heal me or not. I know. She pushed, she touched, she was healed. Did Jesus decide to heal this woman? Was it up to Jesus whether to heal this woman or not? Huh? Jesus didn't even know. He only realized when power had gone out. Okay? So Jesus did not decide to say, I'm I want to heal you. This woman decided, I want to be healed. How many of you, so what's your decision? So you can decide, I want to be healed. Fortunately, when you say, I want to be healed, the Lord has already done it. Already on the cross is fulfilled. So, when she touched, and the Bible says, Jesus realized that healing power had gone out of him. So he actually only picked it up when he felt Somebody touched me. You remember saying, somebody touched me. It's like, I, I can feel something has happened. And the disciple says, no, but people are pushing around you. Why do you say who touched me? He says, uh-uh. The rest may be pushing on me and all that, but there is a touch of faith. Somebody touched me by faith. In the middle of this whole crowd, I can focus to that one person of faith. And now, in this crowd, we don't know how many people were here, but you, you know who came to the center stage? This woman. Why? Because of her faith. So you also can come to the center stage because of your faith. Amen. And then, Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. He doesn't say, daughter, I'm so powerful that you see that I've slain you in the power. Mm-mm. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. Your suffering is over. Now, one time when I was uh, invited to preach in one of the healing revivals, I asked the question after sharing this scripture. I said, which I want to ask you, if this woman ever got sick again, who do you think she would go to for help, for healing? You think she was still going to try medical science? Huh? I didn't say that. I only asked you a question. Okay? I only asked you a question, isn't it? And you answered it yourselves. So in essence, that's why Isaiah says, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It has to be revealed. You can't just say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to use this. I don't want, some people would even say, I don't want to use medicine, pastor. I believe I'm healed. It doesn't work that way. Okay? If you feel you still need the medication, use it. 
You're hearing it from me, your pastor. Amen. If you feel, I want to go and see the doctor, do it. And I will agree with you. I'll pray with you as you go and see the doctor. Because otherwise, a lot of people would have been dead by now if there were no doctors. Isn't it? So there's a lot of help we are getting from medical science. All I'm saying is that there is another level. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean this other level doesn't work. It just means this other level is limited. Okay? So if at least I can be taught in the other level, that's why I'm talking about this woman specifically. Because now she has tasted how the other level works. Now you can't convince her to go the lower level. Isn't it? She will tell you, I tried it for 12 years. Amen. I just want you to get this because if we don't understand this, you see, unlike, let's go again. I will show you another example. Somebody who trusted God when he started was King Asa. King Asa used to believe God and he believed God and he was one of the good kings in Israel. But there is this thing where sometimes we get used to God. You see God doing things for you and you start getting used to God in that way of So King Asa, he believed God and the time when he was attacked by the Ethiopians and the Libyans and there were many armies that were coming against him, he fought them by just trusting in God and even when their armies were far more than his because he trusted in God. And then there came a time when King Basha, king of Israel, was, wanted to attack him. He now thinks, let me go to the king of Syria so that he must cut his league, his ties with the king of Israel so that king Israel, of Israel may not defeat me. And then the prophet came to him and said, you have done a foolish thing. When you trusted God before, didn't he deliver you? For the eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro upon the face of the earth. He wants to show it. That's in Second Chronicles 16. He says, you have done a foolish thing in that now you are trying to trust in man. When you trusted in God, didn't he deliver you? But now look, Second Chronicles 16, this one I'm bringing it in because it relates to healing. I want us to read verse 12 to 13 in the Good News translation. But then I think for the sake of, so that it's not like these things are only in the pastor's Bible. Mr. MJ, get ready with that Second Chronicles 16, 12 and 13. Because I want you to look at it, we'll read in good news. I want you to look at it and then start understanding it that God does not force us to believe in him. It's a choice. Okay? He tells us, you can trust me even when you are facing so many armies and many enemies. If you trust me, I will deliver you. But if you choose not to trust me, I've created you with free will. Okay? So unlike the woman with the issue of blood who when she was stuck realized I need God. My only chance of survival is the Lord. Look at King Asa. Despite the fact that he knew a lot about God. Read it. Second Chronicles 16, 12-13 Good News. In the 39th year that Asa was king he was crippled by a severe foot disease. But even then, he did not turn to the Lord for help, but to doctors. Two years, two years later, he died. Okay, I want you to end it there. Okay. 
Would you say King Asa here died because it was not, it was all up to God? Huh? According to this verse, it looks like God expected him to turn to him. If I'm reading this correctly. I don't know how readest thou. But if I'm reading this correctly, it says King Asa, he was crippled by a severe foot disease. By the way, some of you have this thing where <laughs> I know when we grew up. At least one good sense. Okay, there's a lot of good sense that we have from our traditions and all that. But one of the good senses that our ancestors or our grand whatever had was that they knew that there are some diseases that cannot be handled by natural means. They had that sense. They will tell you, uh, that's what they will tell you, isn't it? At least they have a sense that some of these things, they will not succumb to natural means. They are spiritual things. You get that? Mm. At least they had that sense. So even when you teach them, start there, start saying, oh, I know that you know that there are some things that cannot be handled by natural means that need spiritual intervention. But I've got the most high, the creator of the heavens and the earth. That's how Paul did it in the book of Acts 17. When he came to Athens and people were worshipping idols and all that, he did not condemn them for worshipping idols. He said to them, I can see that you are spiritual in some way or another. Because as I was walking around here, I see many objects of worship. I even saw another altar called to the unknown God. I want to share with you about that unknown God whom you serve without knowing. Now when he says that, he reminds me what our grannies used to tell us. They would, even after their ancestral worship, they would have these last words. Even to you, the God we do not know. So now instead of condemning them, tell them, Kuku, today I'm coming to tell you about the God we do not know. I know him. And then start sharing. So King Asa didn't turn to God, kept on relying on natural means, and he died. Okay. I know, I know that it might be. It's not, I'm telling you, there is a natural way of doing things, which is fine. Okay? So we need to start there. Because if you don't start there, and you want to jump to the other one, <laughs> you're not even grounded in the word, you are loafing, you miss church all the time, you're still living in sin, and you think you will do that one. It won't work. Okay? Because for this other one, you need to be well trained, you need to know your things, you need to be so much soaked and become fully persuaded that what God had promised is also able to do. Okay? So I'll read this one, and then I'm going to give you an assignment that we can look at it together. So let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 10 to 16. I want to show you another woman here. Again, just to show you that the first woman, the woman with the issue of blood, she suffered for how many years? 12 years. But when she came to Jesus, she was healed. And Jesus said, your suffering is over. Now I want to show you another woman who suffered for 18 years. And then women, ladies, you will say, ah, oh, but... 
this, this sicknesses, it seems they are just with ladies, and it's 12, now it's 18. Then I will say, men beat you to the count. There was a man at the pool of Bethesda, he was sick for 38 years. You see men beat you to the count? Yeah. Because now all of a sudden some of you will say, oh, it was the woman, 12 years. Now we have another woman here, 18 years. Where are the men? Where are the men? Somebody was 38 years. So at least they were saying we are men. We go higher. You go 12, you go 18. 38 years. Okay. That's what, by the way, you go commercial even when you, that was just going commercial. Okay. Luke 13, 10 to 16, NIV. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. Okay. The fact that it says her sickness was caused by a spirit, it means these are some of the things where because here she was crippled by the spirit. Can you operate a spirit? Because if she was, it says, she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. But what was causing that? A spirit. Now imagine you go and operate and then uh, you push her up. You have dealt with the natural, with, with the flesh, isn't it? But if it's caused by the spirit, after you finish, and you say she has relapsed. No, she didn't relapse, it was a spirit. You were trying to deal with spiritual things with natural means. That's why you say it's a relapse. It was a spirit. When he saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. I told you Jesus is not happy when we are tormented. Wherever Jesus went, when people were tormented, he would deliver them. He says, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her. And immediately, what happened to her? She straightened up. Some of you would have said, no, but the only way for her to straighten up is if we, if we cut that. And, because there's contractures. You see the muscles because she's been like this for years. You probably need some physio or some operations and do this. No, he touched her and immediately, because it was spiritual, okay, immediately she straightened up and praised God. I like praising God even with a healthy body, man. Amen. I can even jump. Mr. MJ, those jumps of yours where you go like this, as if you're falling and all that, aren't you missing that because of the lockdown? So, I think days will come when we can dance again. Then we can see how your bodies go, Buti. You see? So, because when we are well, we want to praise God even when our bodies are well. I know you can praise God even when you are sick. But it's even more better when you are praising God when your body is well. Because you can do far much more. Then he put this, or immediately she was, then 14, indignant because Jesus has healed on a Sabbath. The synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work. So come to be healed on those days, not on Sabbath. I mean, somebody who was suffering for 18 years now gets healed and now you are hung up on saying it's a Sabbath. What kind of spirit do you have? The Lord answered him, 
you hypocrites. Don't each of you on Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on a Sabbath day? Should she not be healed? Should she not be set free? Having suffered for 18 years, she should, isn't it? Amen. So I want that on that point because now I want, I think you've got enough of things now to start applying, isn't it? Probably even in your own life, you're starting to gear yourself up. So the good thing in what I said, okay, which I want you to get clear, medical science is very helpful. And where possible, keep using it. But that is not the ultimate. If the enemy wants you, he will still catch you if you depend on that. That's all I'm saying. So if you are going to ever declare, I'm not going to die young, it won't be because you are depending on doctors. It will be because you're depending on the Lord himself to keep you alive. Because otherwise, natural means will always get limited. And it's not because I'm preaching against natural means. I'm just waking you up to another level. To say, work while it is still day. For the night cometh where no man can work. It's actually better that you work on your healing now when you are not sick. It's even more better to confess by the stripes of the Lord Jesus I'm healed when you are feeling well. This is one thing I said to some of you many times ago. I said, each day I make sure that I thank God for my health. I say, Father, I thank you that I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. I walk in divine health. I keep on saying that that's the way for me to keep on getting healed, keep on being healed. Because it's more difficult if you don't equip yourself when it's no time for war. It's like, that's why I saluted most of you when we started here. I said, I'm saluting you to make time to come for training because the evil day will come. But if you are not well trained, you will succumb to pressure. Okay? But if you are equipped and you are well trained, so what you need to do, even now, some of you may already be sick now, so this is just stirring your faith, but some of you are not even sick. But you are saying, I'm now having to exercise myself. I'm preparing. When the evil day comes, I know how to get healed by believing God. You get that? I just want you to get that and understand that. And on top of that, it also means we need to keep on praying for one another. Because as soldiers, when the enemy attacks, when one of us is attacked, it hurts all of us, isn't it? And the other time I even said to you, you even need to pray for your pastor even more. Don't you think the devil hates me? I think he does. I think he's saying... <clears throat> I, will sil I think if I can silence this one and kill him. I think that's what he's thinking. Because now he's telling them all the secrets. But then, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord, he is my refuge. My God in whom I trust. So I've got to depend on him. Amen. But I need you to pray for me. Keep on praying for me. Keep on saying, Lord, 
keep on giving long life to our pastor. Keep on revealing yourself to him. We need this. We need him to keep on sharing with us your revelations. Amen. Because I believe this is useful for you. So we are going now to, I'm going to give you a portion of scripture that we are going to study for healing. I'll give you, what, 20 minutes. So that's fine. 20 minutes, the book of Second Kings. Chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 16, is the story of Naaman. I want you to study that portion of scripture and tell me what you are learning, what the spirit of the Lord is revealing to you. We said when you go to study the word of God, go there, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. Okay? There are many things that already in our minds we, we say, I know the story of Naaman. I know this, I know this. Then you won't learn. As you approach this, you say, Spirit of the living God, teach me. What do I need to know? And may the Spirit of the Lord reveal some things to you. Then we will convene, I will tell you, and then we will take it further again. And those of you who are joining us online, feel free to put your comments and then Mr. MJ will also give your input. But I believe you are blessed where you are, just like we are blessed, those of us who are here. But study that. Uh, it's Second Kings chapter 5 from verse 1 to 16. So somewhere in the middle, I may keep on talking. Don't listen much to me because I'm just making sure that the live streaming is not all blank. Okay? So somewhere I might comment some few things, but just get busy with what you're doing. I'll tell you when we need to reconvene. It's the story of Naaman, verse 1 to verse 16. Thank you also for taking time. You might not have finished, it's fine, but whatever you've learned and whatever you felt in your spirit, that this is something that's surfacing up to you as you read. Each of us will be taught differently. The Lord would minister to you differently, but we want you to share with us whatever you have learned that you feel you are free to share with us so that we can also learn from this. We can learn from one another. That's the purpose of Bible study. Amen. So I will start then by just asking, so you can do one of the two things and you can show with the raising your hand, then I will know I need to point you. So basically I want two things from you. Either whatever came strongly in your spirit and you have learned when I was still sharing. Because there may be things there already where you feel, oh, this, oh, this became clear to me. Oh, this is becoming clear. Oh, this. Anything that relates to the revelation that God brought to your spirit in line with what I was sharing. Not what you were learning somewhere else. I'm talking about in line with what I was sharing. Okay? and what the Spirit then revealed to you in that vein. Or it could be this portion of scripture here that we gave you in 2 Kings chapter 5, 1 to 16, maybe just from that scripture, which you can link to something else, or you can connect this with what we were learning. Are we clear? And then I would request that one person shouldn't take more than two minutes so that we can give others a chance. So sometimes you may, have, you may have a lot of things that are exciting you, but just give us one. 
can you give others a chance? Amen. So maybe, so for me to be able to see, I think this side, there are two people there, so I'll keep on looking around so that I don't miss any hand. So anybody, anything that you want to share? Just want to see first by the show of hands. Okay, we've got Miss, Miss Mango, we've got Miss Thomas, we've got Sister Mashudu, Sister Omar, uh, Sister Agnes. It will be like this is the church for ladies only. Is it because the 12 years and the 18 years were ladies? <laughs> where are men? <laughs> Am I going to say, Adam, where are you? Seems Adam likes hiding. Okay, brother, Wood, at least maybe you will represent the Adams, but I'm not happy. Because then you are misrepresenting me. <laughs> Unless if you say, ah, the pastor, you've done it for us. So that's fine. Okay, so let's start. So let's try, because of the, I'm managing time. So that's why I'm saying, let's not go more than two minutes each. So we're starting, we said, Mrs. Uh, so Mr. MJ, you can check also if there are any online comments that could be summarized easily, which are fine. So let's start with Ms. Simango, then it was Ms. Thomas, then Sister Mashudu, then it was Sister Agnes, then it was uh, Sister Omar, and then Brother Wuti. Okay, Dr. Makado says men must be well represented, especially from the leadership. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be like the pastor is running alone, you see? So at least we need to say that even the leadership is catching up with this. Okay, Ms. Musimang. Greetings, beloved, in Jesus' name. I'm going to keep within my 120 seconds. Amen. Um, I think for me, what touched me in the beginning of your introduction was the fact that the devil seemingly basically uses sickness as one of the biggest weapons against us. And I was thinking of um, John 10.10, when the Bible says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. And I was thinking that sickness, why he would use it as one of the biggest weapons. You can never have any type of abundant, prosperous, successful life without our health. Because our life on the earth, we use our bodies. So if our bodies, anything happens to them, so much is stopped. It takes our peace. It takes our activities. It takes our wealth. It takes so much happiness that is taken away because of sicknesses. And therefore, for me, it means I must fight a lot for my health and especially to keep confessing before anything happens. I think that's one of the things that touched me that we must, I must keep on preparing myself even before anything happens because that's where the enemy is going to try and, and stop long life through uh, sicknesses and actually kill, trying to kill us. And um, I think on the story of Naman quickly, um, what touched me there is very f the very first verse which says this man was, was, was victorious, he was an honorable man, he conquered, he was a mighty uh, commander, but at the same time sickness hit him. So it does not matter how powerful, how successful, how whatever. Um, but sickness, the enemy will try to use sickness. It will slow you down. It will make you sleep. It will make you not be where you want to be. It's, it's such a bad enemy, actually. Amen. Amen. No, thank, thank you, Ms. Musimango. Thank you for summarizing it so well, especially also with what we learned at first. 
I hate sickness. The Lord hates sickness. That's why he gave a solution for us. That's why we are teaching you about this. Take this seriously. And I think the point that Ms. Musimango said, it's even more better to again do what I told you. Do it now when you are well. It's more easy to build when it's not raining. You can't wait for it to rain and then you start building. It's very difficult. Okay? So let's keep on building and let's be serious. When it's time for church, let's come to church. When it's time to pray, let's pray. Let's get ready. Let's be prepared. But the lesson that you also learned from Naaman, that's what was also one of my lessons. And if somebody has already said something, let's not say it for the sake of time. Okay? I think so that at least then for time. So the one thing that she said now, which is also the lesson I learned from the story of Naaman, was that no matter how great you are, sickness doesn't respect your size and your status. Therefore, each one of us then, you've got to make sure that you know how to confront this enemy. And let's make it serious. It should be upon you. Don't leave it upon other people to defend you, to make sure that you are healthy. Fight your battles through. Amen. Ms. Thomas. Greetings in the mighty name of Jesus, Church. Amen. Yeah, what stood out for me is the first verse, like what Ms. Mzimango said. Mm. But I'm, I'm going to skip that. Mm. The other thing that stood out for me was uh, when Naman was told to go and wash. Mm. He thought it was a big deal for him to for the man of God not to come out to see him because of his status. Like, he thought he was he's going to come out and tell him what to do or to touch him or to do something. But he just sent a word. It reminded me of Peter when they told all night that when Jesus said, cast out to the deep, he just said, but at your word, I will do it. Amen. So it revealed to me that we can do just at the word uh-huh. that you are saying that by his stripes we are healed. Amen. Just believing to that word, Amen. things will wait for us. Thank Amen. you. Thank you very much, Miss Thomas. I like that because that's also one of the lessons that I picked up with Naaman. You see, sometimes we think that God respects our positions. And sometimes we even make men of God to do things our way. Okay? We tell you, for you to be healed, keep on coming, let's keep on teaching you and training you. You don't want to come to church, but you want us to make a miracle when you are sick. So in essence, things of God work in the way that he designed them. And we've got to respect that. So now man thinks, because of my position, why didn't this man of God come out to me, maybe wave his hands and all that. If sickness didn't respect you, why do you want us to respect you? Okay, that's going commercial. Next, uh, Sister Agnes. Oh, no, it's okay. It's, Sister Mashud is fine. Okay. Okay, so greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, what I learned is that, okay, firstly about Naman's story, what I linked it to is Ecclesiastes verse seven, 20, chapter 7, verse 29, where it says that God made us plain and simple, but we complicate ourselves. Just like the word of God, God's word is clear, it is there, it is simple. It says what it says, and Amen. what 
most of us do most of the time is that we want to complicate it and reason with it. So just like Naman, he wanted to reason and come up with stories as to why he can't go to a certain river, whereas he was told to go to another one. So he was just complicating things, whereas it was just very simple. And then um, I also linked it to Exodus 15 verse 26, that we were learning from earlier that we should just need to do what God says is right. And from doing what God says is right, everything else is simple. And Naman's issue, back then he had to go into the river to get healed. But for us now, it's much more simple. The only thing that God wants us to do is to believe. We don't have to jump into any river or we we don't have to do anything huge. All we need to do is to believe. And yeah, that's what I learned. No, thank you very much. Thank you for that powerful revelation. That's also one of the things I was going to share with you about. So if you look at Naaman, he's got a certain way that he believes things should happen this way. But like Sister Mashudu is saying, God made his thing. His word is actually simple. The thing that's confusing you and the questions that you have when I was sharing, some of you in your mind, you're still struggling to break that because you've had a lot of things and now your brain is wired in a certain way. But that's not what God has said. That's why everything that I was telling you, I said, check it, it's there in your Bible. So in essence, the word of God is already settled. And God is not going to change his word to fit our situations. Our situations must change to fit what God has said. Because God does not change. And we need to know that. Amen. Sister Agnes. Greetings in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, what stood out when um, Bafonso was sharing with us is that we should ignore uh, the physicians as well. Um, I, I do have also, and also we need to also obey the uh, instructions in the word of God. I just have a testimony. I think it was around 2012-2013. I wasn't well and I went to the doctor and somehow during the process, I was like not impressed with the service, and I thought I'm no longer going. I'll just pray. But I remember when my appointment was closer, I had a dream that you shouldn't forget to go to the doctor. So that's when I realized that's when like I need to obey. If the voice of God is speaking to me, then I need to go obey, and and everything went well. Amen. And the other thing is that. Um, we need to continue to obey the word of God. What happened the, around uh, April, yeah, um, it happened that in a dream, I, someone is throwing diseases through my body. And the following day, I was so like my throat, like I had symptoms like of coronavirus. So I thought, okay, this is the devil attacking me and he want me to accept it that, okay, this is the time of pandemic. I'll just accept it. It's the time I will just, I thought I'm not going to call any call center or anything. What I did, I started to pray. When I started to pray, what happened is that um, in a dream again, I was, I, I, it was revealed to me that I should use soda mixture and salt to gargle and to rinse my nose as well. So while I was um, trusting God for healing, I thought I'm not going to tell Wumme or Wafunzi about this. I want my faith. And because normally if I have challenges, I want to first exercise my faith. And when I see that it's so overwhelming me, then I can contact other people because that's when I can be able to grow spiritually. So what happened, um, 
I realized this is a, a spiritual attack. What I can do... Okay. No, uh, no, you can conclude. I was just saying your two minutes is over, uh, uh, but you can conclude. Okay, what I did is that um, I started to pray to have a prayer fasting. And what happened when I, on the second day of my prayer fasting, I just had a move, like something like a shift, a sudden shift on my throat, and then I was healed like that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Agnes. So I think the point that I said, which is she's also saying, so I said to you, guys, uh, if it were not for doctors and medical science, a lot of people would be gone by now. Okay? So we need to acknowledge that. But we also need to acknowledge that there are some things that doctors cannot handle. So that's why, as for me, if I know a supernatural way, I'll go for that all the time. Because it, the supernatural will always overcome the natural. The natural, sometimes it would help me and I would succeed. But if the enemy wants to catch me, if the enemy knows this one is troublesome, and every time I throw him this, he takes that, I throw him that, he takes that. Let me throw cancer that is uncurable and I will see what he will do. Then, you will, it's not good to only realize then that natural means are limited. It's good to know it already now. This is the time to exercise your muscles. I think like Sister Agnes was also saying, start exercising now. So start exercising your faith. Start even with simple things, even just a simple headache or just a cough, a flu. Start there. Start exercising yourself. And as you exercise, then you, your confidence grows. Then you start knowing, yeah, man, God healed me with that, that headache, and I trusted him. Now, the next one, when it comes, at least then you go in, so that even when the enemy brings things that natural means cannot handle, you are still fine. You are still covered. Amen. Is it Sister Oma? Okay. Yeah. Greeting, church, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay. With, uh, okay, I love, love, love this topic because it's also close to my heart. Uh, what I learned, as the pastor was sharing just before we go to the story of Naaman, uh, is the story of King Asa and then the story of the woman who was bent over. So those two verses are closer to my heart because... Those are the two scriptures God used back then in 2018 when he revealed to me about, uh, uh, about uh, him being the healer and us uh, 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 considering him first. And then since that time, I think it was that time when uh, Pastor Luke de Khali was here, it was when it was revealed that really God wants us to consider him first, even as much as we can go to the doctor but uh, we need to consider him first. And then the other thing about the, 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 the story of Mark is that uh, most of the time, the pastor always mentioned it, that uh, most of the time we deal with sickness only to find that the, it, it is a spirit. It is a spirit of sickness, like in the case of that woman, that we, 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 we deal with, this, with the spiritual things. But uh, I like the fact that we are equipped because God says, I send my way to heal your disease. So we are healed by the way that he spoke to us and the way that we also find in his word. So uh, uh, when, I, when I keep hearing this, when your pastor was sharing, I kept being uh, uh, encouraged that indeed 
God wants to, to, to ask to consider him first. Not that the doctors are, uh, we shouldn't go to them, but the first thing first should be to, 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 to consult God. Uh, and then the... Your time. You can, you can summarize. Okay, I can <laughs> summarize. Two okay. Minutes. In, Two minutes in sound short, but it's okay. it sound long, but it's short. Yeah. yeah, okay. So then I came to the story of Naaman. Okay, what I, uh, really stood out for me in this story is uh, Naaman's servant. So in, in verse 13, when, when he was just angry and just leaving to say that, okay, the two rivers of Damascus would have been better than this one. And then I like, her, I like the hearts of, of, of his servants because they, they, they ran, they almost ran to him because he was leaving. He was furious and in rage. And, and, then, and then they were like, Father, if, if the prophet would have asked something uh, difficult to do, you would have done it. Mm. But it shows that sometimes we need this kind of people. We need uh, uh, people like uh, the, the friend, I mean, the servants of Naaman mm. to, to, to nudge us, to remember that God, like the people, like uh, 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 the pastors, you know, like, you know, I know that you had the report that you have cancer and it's incurable, but remember the word of God says by this scribe, by, 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 by this scribe, by his stripes, we are healed and he sent his word to heal us. So we sometimes need people like the servants to remember remind us the word of God, to remind us that uh, 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 things may not be, we may not follow, we may not uh, uh, have the things that we want, like uh, 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 as we want them, but the Bible says we are healed. God sent, healed us, and he sometimes not heal us how the physical may heal us, but he sent his word, and sometimes it seems insignificant. It seems like it, it's not going to do anything, but it is the word of God, and it is powerful, and it, and it works. So yeah, that's what I've learned. Thank you. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you for that, Sister Oma. And I think the two lessons I'll just also uh, uh, stress that the one about some of the sicknesses, the spiritual part of sickness. So hence the things that I'm telling with you, I'm talking with you today. I'm not undermining natural means, not at all. I'm a trained medical doctor myself. Okay. I want you to get that clear. All I'm saying is the enemy still has other artillery which are not which cannot be dealt with in the in the physical realm. So you better know how to also go for the spiritual way. And the way to do that is you've got to start training because if you say the ones that need natural means you use natural means, then when the enemy hits with the big one which natural means cannot handle, you are not equipped you can't start by standing against cancer when you couldn't deal with headache. So it means see all these challenges that the enemy brings to you as a training opportunity and start growing as you are still depending on natural means here and there, but I'm growing. I want to come to that point where I know the Lord as my physician. When I know he is the self-existent one. I like it when he said he is God, the self-existent one. In other words, he doesn't need help. The reason why sometimes as human beings we feel, ah, but here maybe God should do this or should use that. He doesn't need help. He's God himself. So if he is God himself and he doesn't need help, let's allow him to be God. The second part that you're saying about uh, Naaman uh, <coughs> where sometimes people, because he we need the thing where you are told because sometimes people want difficult things. It's almost like I say to you guys, 
the, the word that I'm sharing with you and we say go and get the word, absorb the word in your heart, pray. People are not used to that. You want difficult things. And if we tell you difficult things and we say in the middle of the night, you need to go to a certain river where the rivers are coming together and then you will get this and this, you will go. But when we are telling you a simple thing, you don't want to do. That's the complication that Sister Mashudu talked about, where God created us simple, but we complicate ourselves. Sister, uh, Brother Wuthi, and then, there were so many sisters. <laughs> so You guys are overpowered. Brother Wuthi, and then Dr. Makado. And then I will wind down. Oh, and uh, if there are serious ones from the online, Mr. MJ will also share here. Brother Wuthi. Okay. For, for me, the first thing that I've learned about him since Mango Mission is that Naman was, even though he was powerful and he was a great man, but he still had like a, a disease. And then also in verse 10 and 11, and then uh, the way that we got healed is not the way that we always think we'll be healed. Yeah. As long as we obey the Lord and have faith, Amen. and we will be healed in whichever way, as long as we believe in him. Amen. Naman almost missed out because he had a certain way that he was maybe thinking he got healed, mm. but that's not how it always works. Mm. And then the last one, it was in verse 16. So the prophet proved to us that you cannot buy healing. Amen. You just need to have faith and believe that the word of God is the one that healed you, and you'll be healed free of charge. To show that he was in healing, him because he wanted gift, he even refused to show that there is God that heal all our diseases. Amen. I like that. And that's also another lesson that I learned. I was going to share with you that one. Because if you look at this, which is interesting, God says freely given, freely you must give. Okay? So if that healing is from God, I mustn't pay for it. If that healing is from God, I mustn't pay for it. If you want me to pay for it, then I'm not paying the healing from God. Okay, it's clear. So it means you can't buy healing from God. Okay? So I'm seeing this because there is, in the days we're living in, people are charged, okay, to receive from God. If it's not from God, you can charge us. That's why I don't have a problem with people charging you for healing if they are using their own power or their own wisdom. That's fine, they must charge you, they learn. But if they want to claim to me that it's God using them, but they want to charge me, that's not right. You can't charge me if it's God, if it's God using me. Because then if it's God, I must receive it free. But if it's you, then it's fine. You can charge me. So I like that because that's also what I've seen there. This one says, don't take, so he says, so now accept the gift from your servant. So, why, is he, why, why do you think Naaman was giving the man of God these gifts? Because he was healed, isn't it? It's like now he is paying for healing. Because people are used to that. Actually, already before he left, it says he had 6,000 what? He came with a lot of things. 6,000 shekels, 10 talents of silver and that. So that's how people know. People know you must pay to be healed. Okay? But if it's from God, he mustn't charge you. Amen. And we will never charge you for healing from God. But of course, if it's people, then you mustn't claim. I remember one. <laughs> okay, I've got a close brother. 
they were saying to me, hey, I went to the doctor. This doctor, he just wants to make money out of me. I went the first time, and now he wants me to come again, and still he wants to charge me. I said, yeah, he must charge you. That's his job. He's working. Because you guys are confusing. You think that doctors are working. We are working. Okay? Just like you go in the morning, you go to your work, you expect to be paid. So similarly, if the doctor is seeing you, he must be paid. Okay? It's only the pastor who doesn't charge you because he's not using his wisdom. He's using the wisdom of God. Amen. It's fair. Dr. Maka. Hallelujah. Amen. A greeting, beloved, in the wonderful name of, of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I would like to base my, my comments on two scriptures. I am fully persuaded that what God has promised is able Amen. to also perform. Amen. I also uh, uh, base my comments on Mark 9, 23, where Jesus said to him, if you can believe, mm. all things are, pers- are possible to him who believes. Amen. So I'm taken back to the scripture that, or to, or to the topic that you touched today. On the woman with the issue of, of blood, with the issue of blood, mm. wherein she was really persuaded that mm. if I can only touch his his, his garment, mm. I will really be healed. Mm. And she continued and touched, and really she was healed Amen. because she was convinced that Amen. and believed that if I can touch the garment of the Lord, mm. I will really be healed. Amen. So and then I was discouraged by King Arthur. After all that the Lord has done to him, mm-hmm. he's decided not to seek his, uh, mm. to seek the face of the Lord, mm. and he continued and he died. Mm. But I was also encouraged by Job two, mm. wherein he was facing all the disease that mm. could come, to, all the mm. challenges that could come to him, mm. and his his wife and his families and friends. Is saying, why don't you just curse this God of yours and die? But he was fully persuaded, and he believed that what the Lord has done, nobody changes. So I was just encouraged that uh, those with those scriptures that the Lord is able. Once you're fully persuaded and you believe in the Lord, everything is possible. Amen. Amen. I like that because that's also another element that. In the notes that I have, I have that thing of being fully persuaded, but it's again for another time because he linked it very well. Because these things that we are talking about here, you have to be fully persuaded. It's not psychology. I'm not teaching you psychology here. I'm not teaching you positive thinking. (laughs) Because people will say, Pastor, we know the psychology says you must be positive. You must think, that's not what I'm telling you. I'm giving you the word of God until it becomes so real in you that you are fully persuaded that what God has said, he is well able to do it. Of course, if I still am not fully persuaded, there's nothing wrong with that, but I must know I'm still working. Okay? I'm still working on my faith until I'm fully persuaded. And when you are fully persuaded, you can't be persuaded anyhow. It's like those of you who understand giving in the house of the Lord, you tithing and all that, and somebody look at them, ah, such a lot of money. Ah, just giving, you are already sold out. 
<laughs> you see, you already sold to this thing. You are already fully persuaded that this is how God wants us to do things and this works. For a person to whom it's not yet revealed, they don't understand that. So similarly, even in your healing, when you are fully persuaded, stick with it. But if you are not yet fully persuaded, again, let's keep on teaching each other. And don't be resistant. Because sometimes this is the, what the devil does. I'm telling you this, I'm not sharing with you, with you yet my experience. I could have easily chosen to share with you my experience. But I didn't do that. Why? Because I don't want you to copy my experience. I want you to say, thus saith the Lord. So similarly, if what you're telling me is not in the word, <laughs> then you can't convince me. I'm already sold out to the word. Amen. Mr. MJ, are there any comments from online? Okay, so we've got Mr. Nkabinde and Mrs. Mnongupara. They share the same views in terms of Naman was expecting certain protocols of being healed, mm. but all we need to do is to believe the uttered word of God. Amen. And then um, the, the last one, which seems like me and Mrs. Matambela, we had the same thoughts, uh, but I'll read Mrs. Matambela's one. She says, we must not be ashamed to speak about the power of God to people in need and refer them where it's necessary, mm. like to the servants of God. Amen. Because if we see in this story here, um, it's because of the young girl who spoke of, about the goodness of God that mm. Naaman got healing. You know, mm. so it's to emphasize again that faith comes by hearing. You mm. know, and also the, the Book of Revelation says we overcome by the blood ne, and the word of, the, of our testimonies. So if God has healed us, if has God has healed you, testify about that. You know, mm. so that you build each other's faith. Amen. 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 Well, thank you very much. I think that's a good way to conclude it. But I can just give you a few things that maybe are left still on the story of Naaman with what all of you have said, like verse 1, about sickness not respecting anybody's status. And then the part about verse, it's still in verse 1, the issue of leprosy. Leprosy was an incurable disease, just like the issue of blood. Okay? So it means, natural means couldn't handle this one. That's why he was stuck with all his monies. And probably the way he was talking here, it seems like in Damascus and Syria, they probably were more advanced, I'm just guessing, than in Israel here. So he feels we have better resources, but your resources didn't help you. So why do you come to the men of God and say, we've got the river Abanas there and Papyrus? You should have gone to those things of yours. If you thought that, because when you come to the men of God, then come expecting that whatever God tells us to do, do it. Remember when Jesus' mother said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And again, it's the issue that we complicate ourselves. Okay? Then I've got verse 7. When the king of Israel read the letter, he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends to me to heal a man with leprosy? So actually, according to, Nam, to this king of Israel, he thought only God has such powers, not men. But God uses men. So that's why then the man of God said, no, send him to me. He will know. Look at that verse, verse 8. He said, send him to me. He will know that there is a prophet in Israel. Amen. He doesn't say, yes, uh, I'm also not God and all that, because that's what people like say. We are not God, I'm not God, and this. But God dwells in you. He wants to use you. So he wants to use us. So let it first brand in you and be fully persuaded. And after that then, 
other people when they are sick. The Bible says you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay. And then, of course, the one of doing it our way, I've already shared about that because people usually, <laughs> they want us to do it their way. You come to me, you want me to pray for you or you want me to believe with you, but you tell me how I must do it. It's not right. If it works, you should have done it yourself. Isn't that what happened with, uh, with David and Saul? You remember when David was going to face Goliath? What did they do? They took the armor of Saul, the things that Saul was supposed to use, and then give him. If it works, why don't you use it yourself? He says, uh-uh, I'm not used to this thing. Let me fight the way I know. So can I say to you, children of God, fight the way you know, the way that you are trained. Don't try things that you don't know. Okay, and then this last one is the one that Jackie already said about God not charging us. Really, you have received a freely gift. The Lord is our healer. I just pray for all of you, especially with regards to healing. And after that, we are going to bless the Lord with our substance. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to offer prayer, especially for those of you who are not feeling well in your body. Those who are joining us online, I'm also praying for you. There is no distance to prayer. A man says, you don't even need to come under my roof. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. So I don't have to come under your roof. I don't have to come where you are. I can speak the word. And if you believe this word, you will be healed. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you and bless you for such mighty revelation. As you reveal yourself, O oh Lord, and show us your plan, your purpose, and your will for our lives, we accept this. We receive your will in our lives and we say your will be done in our lives. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. So that's why in our bodies we claim divine health. And thank you, Father, that when Jesus was on the cross, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we were healed. And we want to walk in that divine health. Right now, I pray for every one of your children, everyone who is listening to my voice right now, who is not feeling well in their bodies. I command sickness to leave them now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke any pain that is tormenting you now in the name of Jesus. I say, peace be still. Peace be still and be healed in the name of Jesus. And let it be fulfilled in your bodies. That you be well. That you be made whole. That you walk in divine health. In the name of Jesus. The Father is confirming his word right now in your bodies. Yes, he's confirming his word right now in your bodies. He's fulfilling his word right now in you. In Jesus' name. Let it be so. In the name of Jesus.